Hello, and welcome to Recent Ramble, the spin-off show that nobody asked for, or is listening to. Quite right, dear brother. My name's Charlie McGee. I'm George McGee. For tonight only, we will be covering Avengers Infinity War, a number of shows on TV, some maybe some books, maybe some games. Who knows where this is going to go? George, anything to add before we dive into it? It's going to be short. It's going to be snappy. We're going to be spoiler-free on Avengers Affinity War, so uh, have no worries there. We're going to tell you to start watching those programs on streaming services, which you're probably already watching, but we're still going to talk about them. You may be interested in our opinions, and even if you're not, we're going to share them with you anyway. Thanos. You could destroy life on Earth. We're going to need some help. On April 27th. Together is our only hope. Avengers, join us once and for all. Join Earth's mightiest heroes. Not today, sir. Are you making your voice deeper? No. <gasps> you he are. just did it again. Imitating the god. This man. is my voice. So cool. Avengers: Infinity War. Rated PG-13. So, George, Avengers: Infinity War. This is part of a trilogy. How many films led up to this? Well, it's the third Avengers film. Sorry, it is the third Avengers film. Yes. But yes, it's the 19th film in a series, which is so hard to fathom. In 10 years, they have almost caught up with James Bond. That is insane. <laughs> so yeah, a, a, a film franchise that's been going for 50, 50. years. Yeah, so we're not going to spoil this film. We're obviously, uh, a lot of people are talking about it. The... The film is doing remarkably well. Some would say pretty, not surprisingly, but it's doing very well. It's on course it's, to doing a billion already. It's done a billion, I think. It's done a billion already. Wait a minute, it's done two billion. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so we're just going to share our thoughts on it because it's the film of the moment. I've only seen the film once, George. <laughs> George, I'm guessing, has seen it at least once, but judging by your response... I've seen it, seen it once, twice. Once, twice, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yes, I went and saw it last week at a very plush Odeon in Swiss Cottage. Odeon Lux, that's with an E. And they have, it's basically, it was IMAX, but they have electric recliner seats. I was very impressed. But yes, it was, it was awesome because seeing it in IMAX, Great, because great screen, great Knowing sound. what's coming. Not Limax, not like those cinemas that call themselves IMAX, and it's IMAX format, but it's not really. It actually felt like a genuinely big screen. And I say, you know, I had these very comfy seats with, with extra legroom, so I will probably be going back there. So for those of you in the know, and for those of you not, this is the third film. It's so many characters, so many bits. I mean, the cast list all, is redonkulous. Well, all roads have been leading to this. So all 18 films have been leading up to this film. So you can understand why people are very excited. Some uh, people too excited. You know, it's been a... I don't know if you could say it's a gamble because Marvel, if anything, have displayed time and time again... It's a, I say it's it's a, an amazing plan. It's, it's, they've got it, a plan. It, it, they've got a I was going to say, well, I was going to say it's a reliable pair of hands, but there's obviously many hands at work. Crazy how they've juggled so many different characters, different directorial styles, how they've managed to get different elements of comedy, uh, stylistic options, 
but all moving in the same direction. And yeah, they've. If you think about it, in eighteen films, there's there's been the odd misstep, but nothing that's an outright failure. There's been Thor: The Dark World, Doctor Strange, is a uh, bit Iron Man Two, Iron Man Two, kind of forgettables. Yeah, but, but they're they, still they carry the story along. So yeah, they're. There's some there's some good bits in it. You get Sam Rockwell in, Sam, in Sam Iron Rockwell Man too. Should be in any film. Put just put him in because I think he d- he does dance. In get Iron him Man dancing. Too. Get him it's, dancing. It's in, it's in as a contract. It's a bit like a, a Van Damme butt shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you will do the splits. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, what to say about this film? Obviously, look online. There's a lot being said. People, we're not we're obviously not going to spoil the film. All I would say is that. Um, it does a great job of u- utilizing the fact that it's been building up these characters over these 18 films. It goes straight into it, and this is not about the characters you know, it's about the character you don't know. Yeah, it, it is very much Thanos' film. It is a... I think the villain does get the most screen time. And he's great. We're not spoiling anything. He, he, is, he is great. He is fantastic. And it, they could have so easily fumbled. Like it could have been, we've spent 18 films, you've done 18 films, and this is your 19th. Mm. Everyone could have been a bit meh. But the fact is, they raised the stakes, and they delivered, and they gave us they, the, the one criticism you could throw Marvel's way is that they've had some third act villain issues. Yeah. And I think all of those have been forgotten because of how strong Thanos is. Well, that's it. I mean, he's such a compelling villain. And this is someone, especially, it's extra hard work as it's a CGI creation. And I know it's it's like fishing with dynamite and it's easy to take pot shots at the DC universe. But if you, if you put those films side by side, they're both team-up films. They both have a otherworldly CGI villain. And they those films are excuse the pun, worlds apart. The fact is, yeah, he is, it's a, an amazing performance by Josh Brolin. Mm. Amazing, you know, ha, but, you know. Great it, CGI. They it, put well, that's, stubble on him. Well, then that's that's what uh, I was just about to say, that in terms of when we're talking about, in our review of the year about Planet of the Apes, that, you know, it's not just, whilst it is, you know, very much down to the performance, it's the guys behind the scenes doing the CGI yeah, work. Yeah, the mocap. The, 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 the animators doing that work. And, you see past you, or you, you don't see past the CGI effects that you take him for on face value. Well, yeah, it was what film was it recently? Oh, it was Ready Player One when we were talking yes. in our last recent ramble. When we were saying you actually cared about these avatars, these digital protect projections of these people, that you believed that they were characters, and it's very much the case with Thanos that he comes across, and you're interested to see the story. How is he gonna get? all the stones mm. and you're interested in the journey he's going to go on and it's quite funny in the fact that he's front and center it's his story it's his strategy and it's almost like everybody else is is re- is reacting to him you yeah know? so they're the they're the b-list i mean it's it's funny i i did have worries like um originally i wasn't trying to get too excited about this film because i was thinking it's such an ambitious gamble you've got so many characters. I think there's. What's what we said? How is this f- going to work? Forty odd characters. How is how can you pay service? And I think, in all honesty, there there are some characters that get short shrift, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's it's really a spoiler to say that that this is part one of two. 
Well, everybody knows that there's going to be an Avengers 4. They announced it. I think they were shooting parts of it, but... They've, well, they've, they've done a Back to the Future. They've done filmed it back to back. Yeah, and that's to kind of keep the press guessing as well. But what I will say about this, and I'm sure this is similar for a lot of people, is that I was totally on board with Iron Man. And, like, I was, I was away traveling at the time. I was in Europe and then in South America when it came out. And it was the same year as The Dark Knight. And you were like, you know, these, these are very good, compelling uh, comic book stories. But Iron Man was cool. It was, it was really good. That was the beginning. And I was on board, and I was on board for a long time. But then fatigue set in. And to be honest, yes, as cinephiles, we've been going to see these films. We've been enjoying these films. Thoroughly enjoyed Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther. But there was a little bit of fatigue setting in. And it's all been washed away with, with how good this film is. Yeah, and the thing that I... Um I was so impressed with is whilst these characters have limited screen time and and dialogue it's it's the impact the emotional impact that they make with with such limited time so characters you don't like aren't emotionally in, that invested in like Vision and Scarlet Witch you do you know, they do have a compelling story and um, shot in Edinburgh and, and shot in Edinburgh. Great yeah, to see that. Very interesting to see. There's a lot of dramatic heft in this film, but as with any Marvel film, and again, I think I was generally surprised that the amount of comedy in this, there is a lot of laugh-out-loud moments. And that's because you are, I suppose you are juggling lots of different genres, but you have you know, some very, very funny scenes. And it works well. But just getting back to your point about Back to the Future 2... Are you insinuating that, like Back to the Future 3, Thanos is going to be rocking up with some school teacher that he's saddled up with and she's going to become part of the plot? Is that what you're saying is going to happen? <laughs> and they're going to make this... Anyway, anyways. Thanos turns up in a flying train locomotive. With Jules and Vern named kids. Mm. Anyway, anything else you want to say before we move on to what we're consuming on our wonderful streaming devices? Um, yeah, I, I say, I mean... Surprised it, it was so successful? Surprised at how well they managed to do it. I think... We, we, we were chatting about it before and we think it's five different stories. Uh, or, oh yeah, we were talking about the, the ROTJ Yeah, complex. so in, in terms of, yeah, the the Return of the Jedi comparison, Return of the Jedi is a, a brilliant example of, in the third act, how you juggle three different narratives with the action unfolding at the same time and you cut between them. This film does that with essentially we reckon five, five. Five, at least five different strands throughout the whole film and it and, works and to the most part it works i think that some is, bits don't. there's a little bit of pacing in terms of timing when's this happening yeah when's that happening don't worry about yeah, that. how long have they been in an x place for yeah i think the fact is that because you've had 10 years across over the past 10 years of getting to know these characters even if they have little screen time you you just go with it because they are so established and that's it, you know, it's one of those, the rest of the Marvel films have been pretty accessible to newbies that you can kind of get away with some of them with this the one. The shared universe thing didn't yeah, play as whereas, whereas this, you can't go into it cold. You have to, you have to see the majority of the Marvel films to get it. But I'm using somebody else's words here, but it's kind of like a victory lap. But it's a victory lap both for Marvel, who've built this universe, but it's also for the audience because mm. we've invested the time. Yeah. We've watched these films. We've enjoyed most of them. Yeah. And we've kind of, we remember bits here and there. But these, th there's going to be reviewings. You know, yeah. there's going to be stuff you pick up the second time. So, 
hats off to the Russo brothers and please make more Arrested development. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because yeah. if anybody's unaware of the fact these guys did give us that glorious series. So George, what are you streaming? As you know, I am a man that lives in the past. I I devoured all of Breaking Bad last year. So I'm a little bit behind when it comes to what's hot on streaming, but I have recently, not as, not as uh, far back as Breaking Bad, but I've just finished uh, recently the first series of Narcos on Netflix. The first series? The okay. first, series one. What a series. Um, well, I, yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. I have, I've actually, I've read quite a few books on Escobar in the past because at one stage in my life I was... You wanted to be a drug dealer? I, well, <laughs> doesn't everybody. In uh, Colombia, backed I, by the government. I was planning to, to write a script about, based on the drug trade in South America. So I've read quite a bit on, on Pablo Escobar. So I know, and I've seen it from different angles. I read a book actually written by Escobar's brother, which gives an interesting insight into that perspective. I thought it was a fantastic show. So but if anyone has yet to see it, it's um, so about the the narcos, the, the American DEA task force in Colombia and the rise of Pablo Escobar, his rise to, to power, his discovery of the cocaine trade. Cause I think they, they, they start off as just smuggling contraband and then they are quickly introduced to cocaine and see the the financial benefits of of such a hell of a drug uh yeah i mean the thing the the only thing i'd point out is that yeah it is it's about narcotics in in south america the the focus is very much on uh, escobar for a while for this yeah. and everyone everyone, everyone kind of knows it everyone knows it's one of those things like it's like the titanic Yes, the Titanic. What's this is a beautiful love story. What could possibly go wrong with it? But um, really took an interesting turn. But I think what we both agree on is the performances. Yeah. So the, so, so the, the actors playing the DEA agents, both of them are stellar, and Escobar himself and his henchmen. Yeah. So and you've there's got... a lot of a, there's a big body count. These people come and go, and everybody who replaces them is just as good as the last. Yeah, so you've got um, Wagner Moura, who plays uh, Pablo Escobar. He's uh, actually Brazilian, but he plays a very convincing uh, Colombian. Todo es nada. He is brilliant. It's such a, I mean, obviously it's a... I could watch him read out the Spanish phone book. He's, he's a, Escobar is a, is a very interesting character, but yeah, this... Uh, I think Moura, he's more interesting than probably the real Escobar. Yeah, he's, and he's definitely... <laughs> He has that sort of very good mix of it. Well, like, you know, similar to what we were talking about with uh, Thanos. But with, with any great villain, they have to... You you sort of love to hate them. They have to be... You almost want to root for them. Pathos. Pathos, in, indeed. But, yeah, you've got... On, on the uh, hero side, you've Boyd Holbrook as the uh, American DEA agent. He was... Popped pop up in Logan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's really good. Uh, and you've also got uh, Pedro Pascal, um, who has been in Game of Thrones, and he was in the recent 
uh, Kingsman film, which we are both yet to see. Um, but I really like him. He's he's, he's fantastic. Of, he's gonna go places. He should go places. He's yeah. He's he's very talented. He's so got presence. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I think it's a fascinating uh, story. Um, obviously, it's it's quite violent. Uh, as we you, like violence. As as you flagged up to me. It's got lots of TNA. It's, Serious TNA. Yeah, it's it's not sort of American Gods level of not train friendly fair, but uh, I w- really recommend it, and I am looking forward to seeing future series. But I'm taking a little break. I don't like to sort of do series back to back. Well, I look forward to you catching up with the rest of the world. Keeping with the Latino theme, I have been watching Money Heist, or. Casa del Papel, uh, which is about... Go on. Uh, basically, it's been made by Netflix Spain, so with full Spanish... Netflix España. And Netflix. Um, sorry, stereotype. But um, no, it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's consuming. Um, it's very claustrophobic. It's the idea What's that it about? Basically, bank robbers break into... Rob banks. No, so it's a heist about the royal mint of Spain. So it's, it's, it's actually a museum, but it's where they print all the euros in, in, in Spain. So they break in, but it's a well-coordinated co- plan. Like everything's been planned through by El Profesor. And he's the guy who's on the outside and the team is on the inside with hostages and the police are on the outside. And he has second-guessed every single thing that the police will do. Professor so, Jim. It is Professor Jim, but I mean, he looks well. Yeah, I don't want to say he looks like a chimp, but he does. Um, we'll edit that out. Um, but no, it's brilliant. The uh, it's obviously it's, it's it's all in Spanish. You, I would suggest you watch it with subtitles if you don't understand Spanish. It's always good to start there. But great performances, great tension, and it does a thing that I think Lost did. Where I only watched the first two series before Lost got silly, but where there's the stuff that's going on now, but then there's a lot of flashbacks. And it's the flashbacks, the preparation. So when you get to a very important part of what's going to go down and you're like, how, how are they going to get out of this? James Bond is going to die. No, but how are they going to get out of this potential problem that Sticky they're in? Situation. And then it goes back and it shows that this is exactly what they kind of wanted. El Professor knew it was coming. There's a bit of cat and mouse though, because obviously things go awry and there's things he didn't plan for and then there's stuff on the inside, but it's it's like a very, it's like a series, you know, of a, of a, of a heist, of a hostage situation. But um, the only thing that lets it down is the fact that you know, it's one of those things that, that, that streaming suffers from, uh, like with Mr. Robot and some other things, is that there's a season two. Uh, that's what I was just you know about I mean? to like, say. Is, is is it self-contained? No. Well, it can't be. It's like because it's a series. It's like no, uh, but I mean, I think something that's really it's a problem. It's a streaming. real. We, you know, everyone's saying it's a a golden age of television, and you know, we we are spoiled for choice. I think but, the golden age is passing personally. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that is an issue. That that's one of the things that I found so refreshing about. True Detective series one, yeah, is the fact that self can it's like a long film. But that's what we look at Sherlock, Sherlock the series. Each you know yeah. they are connected, but they they do them in threes, and they move on, and you know it could go many different ways, and and it's just a shame. Like I feel, I mean, I've so, stopped. So how many episodes is it? Is it ten? 
I think it's about 10 or 12. They're normally about that. I think it yeah. might even be 13. But um, Mr. Robot shot its load. Like an amazing I, I, first season. And you wonder where is it going to go in season two. And I watched season two and season three I've turned off because I'm like, they uh, are spreading really, the butter really, really thin. Treading water. Yeah. And, like and Superman with kryptonite around his neck. Miss Tess Marker. So yeah, but um, aside from that, no, it's great. Check it out. I'm sure you're probably already watching it. Cas- Cas- Casa de Papel or Money Heist for us stupid Anglos. I, I have never heard of it. It's so the I... one with the on the face on Netflix. They're in red boiler suits with the uh, Salvador Dali masks on their face with a gun. Okay. I, uh, I, I'll have to check it, it out. It's very good. So there's that. But I'll, I mean, I'll check it out in three years time. <laughs> George will catch up eventually. Before we move off Netflix, uh, I think it's probably worth mentioning something I think we've that's come up before. But once you're bored of the TV, which can happen quickly if you've stayed in for a while, you've been off work, or you've just had a quiet weekend and you've watched loads of series, is it is the best part of Netflix is the bit you never knew existed, the documentaries. 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 They are amazing. I've watched some... Amazing. I think I might have even mentioned Dirty Money before, which delves into everything. There's each episode is self-contained. There's one on um, Volkswagen, on the the diesel Volkswagen. The cheat tests that they did. There's payday loans. There's the maple syrup conspiracy, where maple syrup companies are trying to steal recipes from each other. <laughs> There's one on the pharmaceutical scare, where that guy who bought all of the HIV oh, yeah. drugs and, and, and then hiked them. the prices, yeah. and about how much of a cartel the pharmaceutical industry is. Then there's about how HSBC was actually supporting the cartels in Mexico. And there's the last episode is all about the best negotiator, the guy who is bigly famous, Donald Trump. So I highly recommend, that's called Dirty Money. And that, that is very so good. So you, you've been watching lots of shows with money, money in, in, in the title on Netflix. What about you, George? You've, you've uh, watched it. So I've been watching a very uh, interesting documentary, again, on Netflix. Um, related to our other podcast, Retro Ramble. Related to our other podcast. Um, a clarification, we are not sponsored by Netflix <coughs> yet. Netflix, we are... Why won't you return our calls? They keep calling us, but they're not offering us enough money. So yeah, I'm watching a, a great uh, series, a documentary series called the toys that made us so it's a sort of behind the scenes documentary catching up with some of the most influential toys of our youth so the birth of merchandise so currently there's four episodes on netflix and they cover star wars barbie he-man and gi joe and it's it's just a really interesting especially if you're a child like you know I'm, like, like i was a child if, if if you were a child if you were ever a child um but no if you were a child of of the 70s and 80s um it's there's a real sort of emotional significance of seeing all these figures and seeing the stories behind them why they they came to life it's it's um it's also really funny it's almost like a an arrested development style narration it's sort of like a, they thought it was a good idea it wasn't yeah uh, and it's um they do like recreations there's animation and yeah there's some really genuine uh interesting facts so about star wars the fact that george lucas started approaching toy companies very late in the day like uh, only about six months before the film came out and they usually need a few years to prep so and because star wars as we've talked about in other podcasts was so much of a risk 
no toy company really wanted to take it on. Movie tie-in toys weren't really, never really took off. Star Wars hadn't invented merchandise yeah. yet. Um, and so a very small struggling toy company called Kenner took a gamble on them, but they also did a, a very uh, lucrative deal for them in terms of the profit margin that Kenner took and in terms of how much profit they paid to Lucasfilm because they weren't in negotiating power and they managed to have such a great deal and they got a bit lazy. So in the late 80s, when obviously the, the films had had lapsed out and the interest out was... Out of contract. Yeah, the, the, no, the, the, the contract was still going, but they basically let the contract run. Uh, they, they let it lapse um, because it was between the prequels and, and the, so yeah, sort of late 80s, early 90s and sales were going down so they're like yeah we're, we're not going to honor the contract so it put lucasfilm in a position to renegotiate the contract and they basically took them to the cleaners and said no this is what our profit margin is kenner managed to retain the contract uh, i think kenner have now been bought out by hasbro but that is yeah that's just one story and there's some really interesting ones about he-man the fact that was an opposite side so he-man they started off a bit like transformers they started off with the toys and then they engineered a story afterwards it's not about the toys it's about telling a story it's about telling story. and it's like okay how can we make this more compelling okay let's include a a comic with each character and then that you know how do we tell that story and then they got the the rights to the cartoon and then if anything the film adaptation kind of killed it and it was at the end of its its cycle so yeah really really interesting really funny so the, there's currently four episodes available but i think there's going to be another four episodes the second part of the series is going to be released later this month and i think it's including uh transformers is in there and i think there might be a, f a few other ones so yeah check that out i need to check that out mm. and because we are not all netflix i have to talk about uh bosch harry bosch based on the michael connelly books season four is out babbling bosch with charlie mcgee just babbling bosch check out my other podcast <laughs> just where me boshing bosch i'm just boshing bosch i'm not even recording it it's just but, me me in the bathroom just talking ba about ba bosch to bash, myself bashing off to no that's that's something else the fourth season of Bosch is out. It's great. Um, it combines a number of different threads from the books. Highly recommend it. Is Thoroughly enjoyed is, it. Is tight as well of a Harry Bosch still a maverick that plays by his own rules. Maverick Renegade, who's gone rogue. Days, days from retirement. He's just gone rogue. They need yeah. him back for one last Good. job. One last job. No, it's great. I watched it. It came out on April 13th, and I did it like before the end of April. So, you know, it's great. The thing is, Michael Connolly, well, I don't know if this is how, we talked about this when we were talking about um, Ready Player One. Uh, Michael Connolly is still alive and kicking and still writing Bosch books, and he is part of the series now. All right. So they are, and he's, they're working together on fitting it all together. So if you like a good detective story, Maverick Lone Cups. The one thing. Listen to jazz. The one thing that stands out about Bosch is that it's very much on the procedure of how policing is actually done today in LA. And it's not at all like what it looks like in Lethal Weapon. There's <laughs> a lot of red tape. There's does, a lot of. Does at any point does anyone lie on the ground and fire their gun in their air and, and go RRRRR? Uh, unfortunately, no. So it's mm. probably not for our, for our audience. Disappointing. Um, 
So yeah, that's basically all we've got really to talk about streaming. Charlie, what have you been playing recently? I have... Have you been I'm, playing with yourself? I, been, I play with myself as soon as my wife goes to bed. I go into a dark room. Fire up the projector. Fire up the projector. Take off your trousers. And then play with my place. No, so at the moment I've been playing God of War, uh, which is not a new title, but it has been kind of reimagined. They've uh, This used to be a... A bashing, bashing the controller, smashy, smashy, but smashy, smashy, kill all the skeletons, sort of thing. But it's it's an emotive. It's very much borrowing a lot from Last of Us. Um, it's a great story with emotional heft, uh, great combat system. It's based like Norse uh, mythology. Method, yeah, mythology. It's just a great game. It looks amazing. Uh, it's fun. It's just a bit puzzles and stuff so if you've had a few glasses of wine it's puzzles. not really a relaxing game because there's still a bit of smashy smashy but it's a great game to play it's one of those it's i'd say it's old school because a lot of uh gaming today is trying to force us push us into this uh, mmo massive multiplayer online where we're all online playing together and like the oasis yeah and it gets a bit boring you know getting killed by teenagers for two hours or whatever but this is an old school idea that you play the game and you go through the story you go through the plot by yourself you mm. you uncover things it's a very well presented game and to put this in perspective it's a playstation exclusive you need to have a playstation to play it and their sales have jumped rapidly and they've even had the CEO of Xbox come out and congratulate Sony on what an amazing job they've done. Uh, the guys who make Uncharted and Last of Us. Naughty uh, Dog. Naughty Dog. They've come out and congratulated them. And Horizon Zero Dawn, who we talked about on our blog. Is that um, the one with the robot dinosaurs? That's the one with the robot dinosaurs and the hot ginger chick. Uh, but also was beautiful game. They've con So everyone is like congratulating, which is weird. Well because played. Well played. It is, it is well fun. played, but it's, it shows that the capacity that sony has that they've seen what's worked god of war is a very old franchise it was on playstation one it was on playstation 2 they did about four was games it PlayStation 1? maybe it was playstation, oh, PlayStation 2. 2 probably playstation 2 but it's been out for, i mean we we play this game i played this game when i was just yeah a long time ago mm. and they've said hey, you know what let's borrow from uncharted let's let's all these games yeah. that have congratulated them let's borrow that sort of style that tomb raider third person camera but let and it is it is just such an impressive game. Like you, what 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 you can do with the character, it just makes you want to play the game more because um, it's fun. You know, mm. it's fun to play. It's interesting to play, and it's a good story. So, highly recommend it for all you people out there who with the know, PlayStation, with the PlayStation, with the PlayStation controller, who like to play with themselves and a TV. Yeah, books. I'm reading Wild Cards. Uh, ah yes, I recommend that to you. Yes, it's a good book. I like that. By so. George R. 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 Martin. How many R's? I don't know. And uh, I think I'm probably due to start reading another Bosch book in the as next. As soon five as Michael minutes. Connolly can write one. No, and I've still got a few. I've, I've, got I've still a, got a few to read before I catch up. He's, there's I, I, eighteen books or nineteen. I, I books. just see you turning, even though I haven't. Read, read the book or seen the film turning into Kathy Bates from Misery and, and chasing down Michael Connolly. Write more books, Michael. Michael, <laughs> when's, when, it, when's the next Bosch book coming out? I've, I've written 22, Charlie. Calm the hell down. Put me in one of your books. So we've got, we are on the cusp of uh, obviously 
There is other films out there that we haven't seen. We both need to see A Quiet Place. There have yes, been well, rave reviews about this. I would highly recommend going to see that. Well, we're in. We are officially in summer, summer, long summer blockbuster season. So we have there's, got coming out this this <laughs> solo. Yeah, there is. Jurassic World, there is Mission Impossible. There's Deadpool. There's Deadpool is coming out very soon. So a yes. lot of so there will be another recent ramble. We don't know. There will be more. Happen. As soon as people start listening in, yeah. we'll stop. Okay. I think that sounded good. I think we should give it another go and this time I'm gonna record it. <laughs> what? These these microphones aren't even plugged in, I think. It's just plugged into my sock. So um, that's been Recent Ramble. I've been Charlie McGee. I've been George McGee. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.